Hello, and welcome to, I think this is the 13th episode. I think. Maybe. Actually, yes, I know. Forget I said. 13th episode, welcome to Behind the Chainsaws. Ah, thank you are correct, good sir. With that returning special guest, we had to have him for part two. Johnny. Hi. I'm back. <laughs> Hello, He's, he It's like he never left us. Yeah, it's because I didn't. <laughs> I've been yeah. locked in this basement. Still. That's true. We for, uh, yeah. Have we fed you this week? I, I gave no. him that. No, no, he lies. He li- I, I, uh, I could have given him some a bit better. You could have given <laughs> yeah. me more animal crackers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we gave him animal crackers and... Some saltine, cra- a lot of crackers. Saltine crackers, some Ritz crackers, the animal crackers. I want goldfish I'll- next time. Okay. Uh, hey, if you're good, I'll even give you a upgrade to vanilla wafers. Would you like some? Di- yeah. <laughs> I don't think he knows what those are. Oh, great. Sound all good, right. though. <laughs> <laughs> they're not, they they're are. not crackers. <laughs> all right. Technically, we are. I mean, we're white. Just no, no. (laughs) This is a family-friendly podcast. You don't. (laughs) So the moment we're racist against white people, (laughs) that's when it's no longer (laughs) (laughs) family-friendly. If it's Asians or blacks or Mexicans, then it's it all goes. All right, it's good to know where we stand. It's, mm. ladies and gentlemen. Politics. Ladies and gentlemen, we got them. <laughs> <laughs> We're like family guys. I just don't want to start off with the with the fun comments quite yet. Fair enough. You There's won't... a weird black thing on my liquid death can. Oh, I'm no, not concerned. Never mind. That's just that's part the death. of the code. That's the death. That's just like the little bark. That's the death of liquid. <laughs> All right. And speaking of them, shall we crack open our nice can? Perfect. Oh, oh, crap. It's going everywhere. All right. Should be sponsoring us. Just saying. About time. But with that, I hate him so much. Oh, my goodness. I hate him so much. All right. And I I started the podcast with him. Yeah, I know, I, but I, I, I know you think I'm lying. I'm not. <laughs> and all right, I'd like to start my story. And my story is about the Gloria Ramirez, I believe is how you say her last name, incident. So, beginning. 45 minutes after arriving at a California hospital on February 19th, 19, 1994, Gloria R- is it uh, Ramir, Ramirez? You want to look at it, Johnny? Ramirez. I think it's Ramirez. Yeah, it's Ramirez. Okay, great. Uh, so Gloria Ramirez was pronounced dead, but strange fumes from her body made doctors, nurses, and other medical staff sick. Apparently she didn't shower. <laughs> so she went oh one too many days without the shower. So, known as the toxic lady, Gloria Ramirez emitted strange fumes that left her doctors ill. Well, this is after she died, right? Yes. Okay, probably that's what killed her. It's like something, you know. Some, well, you know, let me get into this story. Oh, okay. So, Stop spoiling. <laughs> Johnny's like, I just am here. When do I get to do a story? <laughs> Do you want to do a story? Maybe for the maybe we'll bring him back a third time. Yeah, we'll Just bring him back. And a I third can, time, and you can do a story. Know. And I can sit out, or me and Gabe can sit out. Yeah, we could give Johnny a, a whole, whole episode. Yeah, you could do the whole episode, <laughs> and we could get a break. A whole that would be kind of fun. Just roast Johnny's it's story. Good. We could just make a lot of commentary. See, Johnny's like, I just want to do a story. You don't know what you're signing up for. I'm just gonna do a story so good that you guys will feel bad. For mocking him, yeah, and that your stories aren't as good. There's no. He's got. He's setting a very high bar for himself. He is. You realize I have had like twelve cave stories. (laughs) Yeah, cave stories. (laughs) Yeah, I bet you couldn't even top one of those. You're so far in the ground that you are beneath the cave. 
What do you mean? <laughs> He's worried about magma. You realize, you realize <laughs> that you own a telescope? <laughs> you know what that makes you, right? <laughs> what? <laughs> what, nerd? <laughs> yeah, you, haven't, you haven't heard nerd. that. No, you should have heard that episode. You're, You're supposed to. listener. Uh, was this the last episode, like I two episodes so. ago? I no, think this was just the last episode. No, I have notes for No, you. it was the last episode. It was, yeah, it was episode 11. All right. All right Johnny, cool. you should, you should I'll, know. I'll, I'll do a story. Um, and, and, I'll, and I'll listen to the episode that. Because <laughs> we're on episode okay. 13, so it wasn't the last episode. So it was the episode before that. So the, the, ep- the before the before. Yes. All right. Now, with that, uh, Gloria Ramirez was a, quote, ordinary woman. Nothing special about her. She was not one of those aliens that just takes off her head from time to time, according to science, at least. Um, with two children and a husband. You know, <laughs> I can't... D- Okay, for sorry. you know Continue. what you know you know she, she normal person two children a husband and i hate the sight of both of you just <laughs> <laughs> i hate i just hate i hate so much um so however that all changed on february 19th of 1994 if you'd forgotten when gloria was rushed to general hospital in riverside not only would she die that night, but her body would make anyone around her sick. Hmm. And though that can't be conclusively explained, which I'll get into more detail. I can explain it right now. Oh, dear. Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> just, All right. The, just, I mean, let's be honest. Your B.O., I mean, that or Taco Bell. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, she was supposedly a normal person. Well, then again, normal people eat Taco Bell. So maybe he is on to something. The Taco Bell. Taco Bell kills. Dude, (laughs) one of the worst worst bathroom incidents I ever had was after After I ate Taco Bell. (laughs) See, I've never had a bad bathroom. (laughs) I've never had a terrible incident after Taco Bell. I I never have. No, the worst, the sickest I ever got was after eating in a place in Colorado Springs. I'm not going to say the name of the restaurant, but I was sick for three weeks. Dang. Three weeks. I had to take work off for three consecutive weeks. Mm. Wow. The worst I had is I had food poisoning from seafood at a um, a double tree in California in San Diego. It's like the beach is two miles away, and I apparently could not get fresh seafood. No, double tree is so fancy that they flew it in from literally the East Coast. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it made me sick, so just maybe that's how fancy they are. Could be. Because apparently I was in San Diego and I couldn't get fresh seafood. So, but after, but continuing. Um, and so, uh, she became known for this event as the Toxic Lady. But it's how, it's how this. I hate you both. Could you just... Could I just do my story? Yes. Yeah, and you I, two I, not toy with each other like children. I mean, I'm trying to be mature. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at you. You know me, what you... Yeah. So... Good day, gentlemen. You may continue, good sir. Thank you, so Gloria Ramirez died and made her doctors mysteriously ill, if you haven't gone to the point. So that night, Gloria was, on, was undergoing a rapid heartbeat and a drop in blood pressure. The woman could hardly breathe and was answering questions in coherent sentences. So she could, you know, she, she wasn't like, 
Oh, what was you say? She actually could, you know, carry on a conversation. What's today's day? Oh, well, well actually, know, no. Like in I read that wrong. It was was answering questions in incoherent sense. See, words words are hard. So she was like, "What? What do you want? What was that thing?" She just Help. kind of, yeah, that. <laughs> Help me! Help me! She was just, you know, like that. So don't. don't destroy the equipment yeah it, it's it cost ten dollars johnny oh my goodness <laughs> that's more money than i've seen in a long time. <laughs> remind everybody um how broke we yeah. are uh-huh. when are you going to set up that patreon that patreon page so they oh can... i forgot we need to do that yeah make money like a we'll, we'll percentage cut... of the funds yeah we'll give you when you're on an episode we'll give them Eventually, one day. <laughs> Shut up, Johnny, before you go back into the basement and get no food for two weeks. There goes the vanilla wafers. There goes your goldfish. <laughs> no, not the vanilla wafers. Not the goldfish. <laughs> All right. To make this case even more unusual, the woman was just 31 years old, so, you know, middle-aged adult. So, Ramirez also had late-stage cervical cancer, which would explain her deteriorating, med- her deteriorating medical condition. But still, that shouldn't really have led to the events on the 19th. So, doctors and nurses went to work on Ramirez, um, trying to save her life, because, you know, she is in critical shape. Um, the following procedures, uh, they followed procedures as much, excuse me, they followed procedures, I can't word, following, they, they, ah! so they, they did stuff, they gave her drugs, that's how I'm gonna word this, they gave her drugs, (laughs) they gave her the meds, (laughs) they shoved her full of needles, and they were trying to stabilize her vital signs, however, nothing worked. So when nurses removed the woman's shirt to apply defibrillator electrodes, they noticed a strange oily substance on her body. The medical staff also smelled a, quote, fruity, garlicky odor coming from her mouth. So that's, I don't know. She ate something real funky. Yeah, she ate she ate garlic and juicy fruit gum. That's Shout what out I'm to taking. Olive Garden. <laughs> <laughs> she had their breadsticks and then chewed some juicy fruit gum. <laughs> that sounds so nasty. <laughs> you know how after you like eat garlic or brush your teeth and then you have like gum, it's like the worst taste ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like that. Or orange juice, like you. Orange juice, and then you brush your teeth. And then you drink orange orange juice. juice. That is awful. Oh, it Hmm. is. So, nurses then placed a syringe in Ramirez's arm to obtain a blood sample. And they said her blood smelled like ammonia, and there was a... um, I have to look up this word. Manual colored particles floating in her blood. I gotta look that up later. There's there's a... Johnny, Johnny, that's your job. (laughs) I don't have my phone. No. Here, hold on. Actually, no, I don't want you going through mine. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) Fair fair enough. Honest. Honest. Okay, so we'll look at that. We'll look at... Oh, are you going to do it? Yeah, what do you need? So, manual... um, Look up manual. M-A-N-I-L-A. Manual. And then if you need it, colored. So, par- but particles floating in her blood, and Caleb will give us the kind of the exact coloring. So, the doctor in charge of the ER that night looked at the blood sample and agreed with the nurses on duty that something wasn't right with the patient. I'd like to add, no, duh. <laughs> yeah. Um, the patient... Uh, nothing, and it had nothing to do with heart failure. So that was one of the strange things. Because if you remember, she came in for, um, I th- what was it like irregular, irregular vitals and something else. Um, when was this? Uh, nineteen ninety four. So they had okay. Because I was thinking this was like 
a while ago. And, I, and when you said this, AED, I knew that it was recent. Yeah, it's it's not granted. It's uh, well, at this point, it's almost thirty years ago. True. Um. So spell that word one more time. M A N. Um. May, uh, where was it? Hold on. M A N I L A. L A. All right. Um, oh, Manila. Isn't that what that is? Manila. Oh yeah, Manila. Oh, Manila. So what? Salmonella. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she just had salmonella particles in her blood. It also smelled like ammonia. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, those are some conflicting things. All right, so it wasn't due to heart failure. So then suddenly one of the attending nurses started to faint. Another nurse developed breathing problems and a third nurse passed out. And when she awoke, she was unable to move her arms and legs. So she was temporarily paralyzed. Dang. So uh, what was going on? Uh, a total of six people were unable to treat Ramirez because they kept having strange symptoms that were somehow related to the patient. Symptoms ranging from fainting and shortness of breath to nausea and temporary paralysis. And how, what have you... What color was Nilla? Was Manila? It was a. Isn't it like a whitish color? I thought you would have looked it up by now. I was doing some other research on. Uh, uh, P. Words. I know they're hard. No one tells me that words are easy. They're very so, hard. <laughs> a peach. Tinged Beijing buff colored light shade of brown. Can you just so that's so a light. <laughs> you could have so they can't just say a light shade of brown. Yeah, but peach tinged. So an so, so an orangey brown. A light orange brown. Okay. Yeah, yeah like kind of like a peach, but brown. Ugh. Okay. Yeah, like so she had that. So she had that floating around in her blood. Yeah. So Ramirez died. Um, even after the patient's death, the night at the hospital got even weirder. So uh, the aftermath of the death of the, quote, toxic lady. Now, if you'd like to look, people of the podcast can't see, but I'll describe the image. These are doctors in hazmat suits working on the patient, or a or maybe they were um, they were either doctors or maybe morticians. Mm. Okay. But uh, long story short, people in hazmat suits in a operating room. So in order to handle the body, a special team arrived in hazmat suits, as these two just saw from the picture and I've described to you. Uh, the team searched the ER for any signs of poisonous gases, toxins, or any other foreign substances. The hazmat team didn't find anything strange or irregular, and they were unable to determine why medical staff started to have medical problems. So the team then put the body in a sealed aluminum cask and a, a sealed aluminum casket. An autopsy didn't happen until almost a week later, and in a special room where the autopsy team conducted its work in hazmat suits yet again. Wow. So, the press dubbed Ramirez, of course, the toxic lady, as I've been saying, uh, because no one could get near the body without facing a large amount of medical problems, and yet no one could point to a definitive cause after her death. So, officials conducted three autopsies. One occurred six days after her death, then another one six weeks after, and then one right before her burial. Um, a more thorough autopsy happened on March 25th, more than a month after Ramirez had passed. The team concluded that there were signs of Tylenol, um, lidocaine, codeine, and Tegan, I've never heard of, I've heard of everything else but Tegan in her system. Ah, wait, perfect. Tegan is an anti-nausea medication. I should have just kept reading. <laughs> perfect. Um, and it breaks down into 
aminis in the body. I'm not sure what an amine is. That's above my doctor pay grade. So, um, um, aminis are related to ammonia. Perfect. Uh, this could explain the ammonia smell in Ramirez's blood sample at the hospital, because as you remember, her blood smelled like ammonia. Hmm. So, more important, uh, more importantly, the toxicologist reports said that Ramirez had large amounts of dimethyl. I think that's how you say it. Dimethylene. I think, you know, that's how I'm saying it. Dimethylene sulfum. You know, you want to say words, Johnny? You like words. Right there. Word. Dimethyl, dimethyl sulfone. Perfect. See, sure. better. he's better than Dimeth- words than I. Dimethyl, dimethyl sulfone. Yeah. <laughs> so in the blood and tissues. Uh, dimethyl, dimethyl, I'm just calling it DS. So DS does occur um, naturally in the human body. As it breaks down certain substances, once the once it uh, once this is terribly I made errors, so um, it enters the body. It dissipates quickly with a half life of just three days. And however, there was however there was so much in Ramirez's system, it still r- resists or um, registered at three times the normal amount at. Oh, my gosh. Okay. (laughs) Words. Words. So even six weeks after her death, she had three times the DS in her system that you should normally have. That's what I'm translating that. So she had a lot of this DS. Wow. In her system. Even six weeks after her death. And it is supposed to have a half-life of three days. So it should be entirely gone after a week at best. That's a lot of drugs, baby. (laughs) Dang. So three weeks later, on April 12th, 1994, county officials announced that Ramirez died of heart failure due to the kidney failure brought on by late-stage cervical cancer. Ramirez was diagnosed with cancer six weeks before her death. Um, the unusual substances in her in her blood um, were too low to explain her death, even though they were ele- there were elevated levels of ammonia and DS in her body. It took county officials two months to release the body for a proper funeral because of the toxicity levels and fears that people would faint or pass out. So the woman's family was in was incensed was in okay so I don't know uh, her sister blamed deplorable conditions at the hospital for her death so they they claimed malpractice pretty much hmm. pretty much or poor conditions so although the facility was cited for violations in the past, there was nothing in the county's investigation that pointed to conditions um, that would, you know, essentially say the hospital was at fault. So they couldn't find reason for the hospitals, like, you know, you had a code violation. Hmm. So after an investigation lasting several months, officials concluded that the hospital staff suffered from too much stress and suffered from mass sight. Um, I think I, I talked about this um, sociogenic illness triggered by an odor. In other words, it was mass hysteria. So we talked briefly about mass hysteria last time when I did the 1962 laughter epidemic. So they're calling it mass hysteria yet again. So her body odor or whatever wasn't yeah, her actually... B.O. apparently created mass hysteria. So it wasn't actually toxic. It just made, like... People. Well, that's what they claim, at least. That's what people are claiming. So it's just like they smelled or, or, something mm-hmm. so bad that they, they just, just, like, lost it. Mm-hmm. That's huh. hard, even for Caleb. <laughs> yeah. That's really hard, even for Caleb. Yeah, I think she's got you beat, man. I'm sorry. But mm-hmm. Defeat. What a shame. Mm-hmm. Defeat. What a shame. So I just I'll have to go without a shower for, like, four months. Oh, goodness. That probably would kill people. <laughs> it probably would. 
I don't know, but would it make them faint? Well, no, it just kill them. So that's even more severe. Maybe she doesn't <laughs> got you beat. <laughs> At least yet. You just got to take it as a, I need to reclaim my top spot. So medical staff at the hospital urged the coroner's office to make to take a closer look at the file. The administrative deputy director, Pat Grant, made a startling conclusion. So why did Ramirez make everyone sick around her? So Ramirez covered her skin from head to toe in DMSO, or the dimethyl sulfoam, the DS. I'm just calling it the DS. Um, okay. So a possible way to cure her late stage cervical cancer. Um, medical science labeled DMSO a toxic substance in 1965. So the reasons for Ramirez's um, use of a toxic substance on her skin goes back to when DMSO was all the rage as a cure-all. Research in the early 1960s led doctors to believe that DMSO could relieve pain and reduce anxiety. Athletes would even rub DMSO cream on their skin to try to relieve um, aches in muscles. So then a study in May showed DMSO could ruin your eyesight... Uh, the fate of DMSO stopped for the most part. Hmm. Or at least this is one of the other theories why Ramirez, you know, made people pass out. Almost had Caleb beat for B.O. I mean, this, we got some <laughs> theories. There's, there's, some, there's, some, there's a lot of theories on how this could go. Uh, continuing, uh, DMSO gained an underground following as a cure-all for many types of ailments. However, by the 1970s, the only way to get the substance was a um, a degreaser in hardware stores. Wow. <laughs> so DMSO found in degreasers was 99% pure as opposed to a less concentrated form that was in muscle creams in the 60s. So, uh, Grant, the, um, the coroner, looked up what happens to DMSO when it is exposed to oxygen and had a revelation. And he, uh, he had a revelation, excuse me. The substance um, concentrates to... Um, to the DS, the dis, the dislame sulfate word, because it adds oxygen to its chemical structure. DS acts much differently than, or, wait, wait, acts, so, you know, never mind. So it acts different, it does stuff, blah, blah, blah. So it acts differently as a gas. Um, dimethyl sulfur vapors destroy cells in people's eyes, lungs, and mouth. When this vapor gets into the body, it can cause convulsions, delirium, and paralysis. Hmm. So, all signs of which the nurses and doctors had said, Oh, I have a headache. Oh, now I can't move my arms and legs. Uh, Now I can't see. You know, all that fun stuff. So, of the 20 symptoms described the medical staff that night of the 19th, uh, made, or well, not. Okay, excuse me. So, twenty the of the twenty symptoms described by medical staff, nineteen of them matched symptoms of people who had been exposed to DS. So, nineteen out of the twenty matched them matched the nurses and the doctors perfectly. So wow. the medical staff didn't suffer from mass hysteria or stress, although it was still possible. They maybe, maybe they did. Maybe they just smelled something real funky and they went mad. Just saying. <laughs> kind of like that theory now. <laughs> <laughs> um, they suffered from dimethyl sulfate poisoning, or at least that is the theory. Uh, this theory adds up to the facts of the case. DMSO cream would explain the cream that doctors noted on Ramirez's skin. It would also explain the fruity, garlicky odor coming from her mouth. So I, I'm i still going to say I really want it to be Olive Garden and Juicy Fruit Gum. I still want her to just eat <laughs> some Olive Garden breadsticks and some then have some Juicy Fruit Gum. So I'm just going to forget I read that. <laughs> 
The most likely explanation is that Romero's the toxic lazy used DMS. The uh, also in quotes. The most likely explanation, just saying, is that Ramirez, the toxic lady, used DMSO to try to relieve the pain caused by her cancer. However, the family of Ramirez denied that she used DMSO. No matter how someone looks at the case, it's sad all the way around. So, that is something else. Now, Grant, the family does say... You know, no DMSO, but they also did claim malpractice. So you're not going to just say, yeah, my wife is using this deadly toxic substance. But we still want you to pay us a million dollars. You yeah. kind of don't do that. Yeah, that's, that's not how, at least, well, maybe I'm not a lawyer, but I think I, I wouldn't tell, I, I tell my clients, you probably don't want to tell them that just out of free information. Mm-hmm. So, um, the young woman found out she had cancer, too late to do anything, and the current medical science couldn't offer her help, and she turned to the DMSO to try to fix the problem, but ultimately gained a reputation of being a toxic lady. And in the end, Gloria Romero's nickname of the, quote, toxic lady is the last sad note of her final days. Now, I don't think that's sad, because that's kind of (laughs) dope. Being known as the toxic Toxic lady. lady. Do you know how many Karens are out there that want that (laughs) title? (laughs) Competing for that title. Yeah, and you're you're not going to beat it. Gloria Ramirez is the toxic lady. And that, my dear friends, is the story of Gloria Ramirez, or the toxic lady. Hmm. And you know, although she may, there is science to believe she used the DSMO, I'm still sticking by Olive Garden breadsticks and Juicy Fruit Gum. Yeah. Just saying. That'll mess you up, I guess. All right. And given that the look of death on Caleb's face, I think we're at (laughs) halftime. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the, Behind the, the Chainsaws. I'm about to die of <laughs> sleepiness right now. Liquid death is kicked in. That's, oh, no. Wait, we don't have to. We could just use the DMSO to kill him. He could be the toxic man. That's how we could get rid of him. Yeah, somehow I feel like that would backfire, though. Oh, it would. Mm. It wouldn't kill him. If I knew, if I knew, I had. A week we just left need to, to get live. grease, the grease <laughs> substance. Wait, what are you gonna say that you, if you had if, one? If I knew, we, we we need to give. We need to make a knockoff podcast, which is just giving serial killers advice. Oh, well, that would be cool. But no, I'm I'm saying if if I knew I had like let's say two weeks left to live. I would become the most cruel, <laughs> evil human You'd being. You'd be Scrooge. You would be Scrooge. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. That's You'd just up. be Scrooge. First thing I would start with, first thing. Oh, no. Would be finding every <laughs> single chihuahua <laughs> on this earth. Oh, no. And just burning them all. Actually, that's not a cruel thing to do. That's, like, that's fairly dogs. reasonable. <laughs> that's, that's. I mean, yeah. Okay. I mean, they're they're small. They're annoying. Have you? I've never been near a chihuahua that didn't just like. Okay, there was this one chihuahua called Frank that I knew. Frank. <laughs> he was actually chill. Like he never barked. He was not annoying. He was wow. super cute. He could jump really high. Like, like he's, you know, I don't know, the dog's like four inches tall, and he could jump like a solid four feet off the ground. Dang. It's pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. So he's pretty much... The one a, chihuahua that's actually yeah, he a was, friend. he was pretty cool. It was really funny, because we thought he died one time, because he like, like, 
someone was sitting on a couch and he was so small he was able to like crawl underneath them while they were sitting <laughs> <laughs> they caught up underneath where they were sitting was just frank they're like oh no oh god i sat frank on frank died. Oh, no. <laughs> and then he was just fine and they're like oh so he's pretty much just like the one chill chihuahua yeah that's cool he can jump high though yeah it was it was impressive mm-hmm. all um, right you have a second part to tell us, which we were trying to. That was another reason why we wanted Johnny back. And it's like, Johnny, you're excited for part two. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> part two of what? Short, what? T- short, short term memory. Uh. <laughs> so quick reminder. Uh, let's run over part one. Just really, really fast. A quick 30 second reminder. recap. It probably will be a minute. I don't have any better music. Yeah, that's true. So anyways, 30-second recap. We are following a man named Packer, James Packer, to be precise. Uh, Isn't it Alfred? Yeah, I thought it was Alfred. I thought James was the... (laughs) Oh, wait, that one. I got the name messed up. No, it is Alfred. Alfred Packer, thank you. Alfred Packer, uh, so far we have gotten to... He came out of the woods from a winter storm here in Colorado uh, by himself with a lot of money, a gun, a knife. A lot of money, however, he claimed to be broke. Yes. And he claimed to be an expert guide. Uh, We left off. He had led... uh, um, He had led a bunch of men into the mountains claiming he knew the way mm-hmm. in quotations in quotation it's literally the uh it's it's the meme that's like i know the way isn't <laughs> it like do you know the way oh yeah do you know the, do you know the way apparently not <laughs> <laughs> no okay i also do, before do you know the way no, no i do no, not no no i don't i also i ha- i have to i just remembered this but in the last episode, one of the side effects of the people for my story, the 1962 laughter incident, was they get facial tics, and none of us could figure out what facial tics were. What? <laughs> it was literally just <laughs> muscle spasms of the face, like a nervous tick, like eye twitching. <laughs> and we just, <laughs> none of us could figure it out. Because I'm like, what's facial tics? And Caleb's like, that's when your face turns into a clock. <laughs> he was being sarcastic because I assumed we all knew. I uh, did. You, I, I sat there and it's like, facial tics. Because I've always called it like facial spasms or just twitching. So uh. I never could figure, at least that night, I didn't figure out facial tics. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Thanks for clarifying. Stop rubbing your nose against the microphone. (laughs) That's even worse. So anyway, (laughs) we are back with part two of Alfred Packer, Colorado's Cannibal. Um, This time, our part two is going to be covering the confession. So, if you recall, we left off, uh, Packer had come back to civilization, and everybody had now... Well, come back to civilization at gunpoint, pretty much, because I thought it was... So he came back with a bunch of money, started spending... Because right before he had to go back, doesn't like the sheriff or whoever say, yes, you can come with me and go in front of a judge, or we can hang you. Well, no, that was that was... Yeah, I mean, yeah, in a way, but he came back to civilization before that. Well, yes. <laughs> spent a bunch of money, bought a brand new horse, sold a gun, bought more guns, <laughs> and then the sheriff was like, hold on a second there, partner. <laughs> so, anyway, on to confession. So, Packer is now taken back to, like, the general or whatever. Um, so let's pick up upon arriving at the agency. Packer came face to face with general Adams. Um, so, Oh goodness. I feel like I'm about to sneeze. 
Do, you, do I need the allergy music? Nope. Okay, I'm <laughs> kind of disappointed. So, um... So, Packer had claimed to have gotten a loan from a agency. Um, money. Money, money. Okay, he got the um, loan. He got a loan. And so, number one, that was suspicious. Because why would you loan money to someone who couldn't pay it back? So, the agency sent a officer out... Uh, to go check the loan office, see if he had, cl- like, see if he was given- telling the truth. Yes, because we not. we determined he is a impulsive liar. I think. Yes. No, he was not uh, telling the truth. Um. So as the proceedings began, uh, in the court, two Ute tribesmen rushed into the courtroom, holding strips of dried human flesh. They referred to as white man's meat, which they had found on a hill near the agency headquarters while hunting. Had that last week. Really good. It is. <laughs> it is. Um, Packer reportedly fainted and crumpled to the floor. When he awoke, he began to profusely beg for mercy, swearing to make a full confession. After a long silence, he cryptically stated to Adams, it would not be the first time that people had been obliged to eat each other when they were hungry. Packer slowly and sobbingly began to tell what was to become one of multiple different official statements. On to statement one. So, uh... We know what had happened because Herman Luther Lather was an agency clerk, so he actually like recorded all the um, of the everything that was happening. The yeah, it's like in court, he, you know yeah, how he's, they record. He's typing yeah. everything. Yeah, yeah. Well, probably he's more typing like writing it, but yeah, you know. Oh, is this? Well, yeah, this was a while ago, so he probably was writing it. Do you have any idea how much mad writing skills you'd have to have to just have people talk and you just have to be writing everything down? Like the, you'd have to know how to spell everything. I'd hate that job. That would be impressive, like honestly. We're just just wusses today. (laughs) Yeah. So Packer's first official statement. Packer claimed that the men had left Ugre's camp. Remember Ugre, the yeah. chief? Uh, I really wanted them to eat him, but unfortunately that didn't happen. <laughs> no, it did not. Um, with what they thought was significant food for the anticipated 14-day journey ahead of them. Mind you, this is in winter. Yes. Um, before they knew it, provisions were gone. Uh, rough terrain was ahead and behind them. Um, and it was stormy. They survived for days on roots dug from the ground, pine gum, rosebuds, and the occasional rabbit, although they didn't have a lot of ammo to spare on food. Mm-hmm. Um, due to the extreme cold, very few animals ventured out, leaving the group very hungry, uh, pretty much the only food they had for multiple days was just roots, literally just dug up from the ground. Um, uh, let's see here. So Packer claimed that the men st- started to eye each other with an, in an unsettling way, their stomachs twisting in hunger after a few days after them getting like really stinking hungry mm-hmm. uh packer left packer claimed to have left camp to gather dry firewood and refi- and returned to find four men around the slain body of israel swan who'd been struck in the head with a hatchet and killed instantly the four started to butcher swan with packer accepting the situation and joining them he claimed several thousand dollars was found on Swan's person and divided between the men. They consumed the most agreeable parts of Swan's body, packed some up, and moved on. 
By the way, content warning, just a small one. Um, with Packer. So that this is where Packer gained the rifle, because that was Swan's rifle. Okay. Um now every I do wanna just um restate that this is all Packard's word. Yes. And we did learn um last or last week that everything we know is based on this, I believe. Isn't oh, it? this changes this story multiple oh. times. So we all we know is that Packer told a story. Yeah. And I mean the, every the only thing that's definite is that only Packard makes it out. Little spoiler, but that's yes. the only thing yes. we know. Yeah. Um, well, there's a few parts that line up in each story, mm-hmm. but you'll see. We'll get into that. Yeah. Within days, however, the five men were again out of meat, um, leaving Packer, Bell, Humphrey, and Noon. Um, Come on, so words. there were there was Packer, Bell, Humphrey, Noon, and Miller. Uh, the group. What, dis- ha- what happened to Alfred Grew? Or Alfred McGrew? Wasn't he a person? Or was that a place? Oh, so that was the other company. Because oh. in this one, in this, in this. I thought that was one person. Oh. No, in this one, in this group, it was Israel Swan, uh, Alfred Packer, uh, Bell, Humphrey, and Noon. And then also there was uh, Swan Miller. Okay. So it's a pretty large, sizable group. Mm-hmm. So, um, so there were six people in this group altogether. Okay. Um, so the group decided in secret that Miller would be the next to die. Packer confessed that Miller was a stocky man and was chosen for the amount of meat he had um he was killed you, you're with, miller huh? you're miller i'm miller <laughs> i can live with that i'm not sure about this if if i'm gonna go shoot me in the head don't don't because do the, uh, um, content warning yes he was killed as a hatchet was uh brought down to the front of his head uh, while he was stooping to pick up fire firewood for the fire he was then butchered and consumed packer took miller's knife having admired it and miller's share of swan's money was redistributed among the four men who then kept moving the winter weather was relentless uh and the going was slow uh packer reported that you could barely see in front of your your arms uh, as you kept moving, the wind was freezing cold. Humphrey was the next to be sacrificed. Um, he was killed, uh, eaten, consumed, and then within just a within two days is what Packer says. Uh, George Noon was then also killed and harvested. At last, it was just down to Bell and Packer. So just two men left. Mm-hmm. He claimed that the two men swore on Almighty God not to eat each other. They each had a rifle at this point and a couple of thousand dollars of Swan's cash. Well, sw- yeah, Swan and whatever. Yes, the other and ones. whatever the other ones had. And presumed the two men would fare well on the remainder of their trip with what minimal game there was to be found. They agreed they would say the four men had perished from the elements and were buried with dignity, vowing never to speak of the atrocities they had committed. Um, After trekking for a few days with little else eaten other than rabbit... And some roots. The men were exhausted and set up camp next to a large lake that was skirted on one side by a large grove of hemlock trees. Packer stated that a few days after this, Bell snapped out of his blanket and screamed that he could not take it anymore. He told Packer that one of them was going to die so that they could survive. He snatched his rifle and sprinted at Packer with a readied 
to bash his skull in. Packer deflected the ball blow and struck Bell in the head with a hatchet. He claimed that this point, at this point, the only fear he had left was to starve to death. He then cut Bell up and began to eat him. Uh, he saved one of Bell's legs for the remainder of his journey. Um, any questions? Hmm. Is there any more description about the leg? Like, is this just like from the the kneecap down, or is this like the whole thigh and knee? I'm guessing it's just like from the knee down. Okay, just a small. That's not a bunch. That's no. he ate a lot. That's yeah. a lot of person. Well, so remember, if first episode or first first part of the story, when he was found, it was said that he looked almost chubby. Well, I don't think it was. Well, I added maybe even chubby, but then again, every he looked fattened in the face. Is that the quote? Fattened in I the face. I believe so. Okay. I'd have to go back, and I don't want to lose my place. But he 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 didn't look like someone who had been starving to death for mm. months. Yeah, right. Because I I would at least think he looked. Well, they didn't say he looked very mal malnourished, but I wouldn't think he'd look good. So. Uh, then again, if he's, if he's eating a whole body and then just saving a knee, you know, a knee and a leg, then yeah, he's he feasted. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So, um, Packer confessed in court um, that uh, he threw the remaining strips of Bell's flesh away, presuming that an animal would eat them. Um, he confessed... Packer also said in the court that he had grown, and I quote, quite fond of human flesh and found the portion around the breast to be especially delicious, mm-hmm. end quote. That could be another thing we could do is compare what people think are delicious, the cannibals. Just saying. <laughs> another thing. Face. Then um, again, I then I, well, I was going to say there's... I did hear that um, human meat is considered to be relatively similar to pork. And I, what's the, I think it was called long pig is another term from human meat. Because they say it's really, it's it's like slightly more red than pig. But not, not like to the level of beef. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So... Hey. hey, listen, you're learning. You're yeah. learning facts about people. Learning. Hey. <laughs> so uh, it was decided that a search party would be sent out at once to find the men's remains. Uh, the U- the uh, Utah men claimed that they did not believe one part of Packer's story and that Bell was the sort of man that would lay down his life for another if needed. Um... General Adams asked anyone if they knew of an area next to a lake that Packer had described. They said that such a place existed roughly 50 miles away across the hills. Uh, Offset the search party to find the lake. Packer claimed... So, here we go. Here we go. So... Guess who was put in charge as the guide? Is it please tell? It's for a Packard. The uh, the search party. It's Alfred Packard, isn't it? Packard. What? <laughs> it, see, you know, if someone else gets eaten, that's not Alfred's fault. I mean, so the the search party because you you have an actual guide, but you have Alfred there for reference. Like, oh yes, I remember this area. Even if he's lying, so, sometimes he's going to slip up. Oh yeah. So here, so the search party was consisted of the head, which was the agency clerk Herman Lothar. Uh, it consisted of five miners from Utah, a few agency officers, and Pack, Packer acting as their guide. After two weeks, as the party was reaching the area of Lake Fork of the Gunnison River, Packer claimed he was lost and that the area did not look right. Lutzenhauser called Packer a liar and a murderer and insisted that he be hanged then and there. Nothing was found and the party headed back to the agency. 
along their route back. So Packer tries to lie and say that they're going in the wrong direction. Uh, and then Packer attempts to murder Herman Lothar, the head, the main guy in charge of the search party, mm-hmm. with a hunting knife that he had concealed in his clothing. He was caught in the act, restrained, and arrest- arrested. General Adams had been willing to believe Packer up to this point, but the unprovoked attempt made on his officer's life convinced him that Packer was crazy and dangerous. Um, During Packer's detention in the prison, because obviously he was thrown in prison, Mm -hmm. uh, he actually retracted the story he had told at the court, at the agency, about the events leading up to the five men losing their lives. And here comes another confession. He now claimed that the men had encountered a strong blizzard along their way through the mountains. The snow fell so heavy and persistently that they had become hopelessly lost and were unable to retrace their steps back to the starting point. Provisions were already minimal and they had begun to trek or they had begun to trek farther and farther running out of food every day. Um, They ran out of matches and were forced to carry hot embers in a steel coffee pot to have a means to light fires. Days went by with no sign of game. Ice fishing proved futile, um, and they even roasted and ate their own shoes in an attempt to survive um, the harsh weather. Uh, Packer claimed um, that the uh, the group entered into an agreement that if one person died, his meat would be cut up and served to save the lives of the others from starvation. Um, they found a pine tree shaded next to a lake and set up camp. A short time after this, Swan died of a combination of hunger and explode exposure, according to Packer. Packer signed his. Packer then signed his first confession. So the first confession, quotation marks, was the one he gave in court. Mm-hmm. This, this is, is his first signed okay. confession. Okay. So he actually did sign off. Um, old man Swan. This is part. This is out of his confession. This is an actual quote from Packer. Old Man Swan died first and was eaten by the other five persons about ten days out of camp. Four or five days afterward, Humphreys died and was also eaten. He had about $133. I found the pocketbook and took the money. Sometime afterwards, while I was carrying wood, the butcher was killed, as the other two told me accidentally, and he was eaten. Bell shot California with Swan's gun, and I killed Bell. Shot him. I covered up the remains and took a large piece of meat along. Then traveled 14 days into the agency. Bell wanted to kill me with his rifle, struck a tree, and broke his gun. In Packer... Packer later mended this, this version of the story... And said the men had endured almost 20 days from Ugre's camp and more than 10 without any sub, sub, substantial food. Packer elaborated that James Humphrey had also died of exposure to the extreme cold. And that George Noon was killed days later by Shannon Bell for the sole purpose of food. And that there was no more substantial meat to be had from the three fallen men. It was just down to Packer and Bell. He claimed that he and Bell had agreed that they would stand together until the end, swearing not to eat each other. Days went by. Bell could no longer take the hunger and rush Packer with his rifle, intending to bludgeon him with the stock. Packer then shot Bell with his pistol. Did you catch that? I did. Yeah. Did you? Hmm. Johnny. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Johnny's like, I just want to go to bed. Packer's story is already changing. Well, yeah, I get that. 
changed. I thought there was something to the pistol or something like there that. There is. Because in Packer's first story, Packer said that Bell rushed him with a rifle. Right. And that he picked up a uh, hatchet mm-hmm. and lodged it in Bell and right. killed him. Right. Okay. This time, Packer said he shot Bell with a pistol. Mm. Packer's confession um, to taking the valuables of the deceased members, uh, claiming they were no longer needed. Um, but made no statement as to the exact items taken, nor to the amount of money he had taken. How are we looking on time? We are at an hour, so... Should I... I I, Are you... I know you told me earlier this just might be a part three, and I really do not want to go into a part three, so how much... A lot. Or is there still a lot? I have. Yeah. Okay, find a point to wrap this up. Congratulations, well, audience. We're at our 13th episode, and we're going to have our 14th before this sucker's finished. Yeah. All now, on, well, mm-hmm. so now's a good time to stop, because up next is the discovery of the bodies and the next couple of trials that are going to follow because currently everybody has to take Packer's word. Mm -hmm. There are no bodies. No one knows how these people were killed. Once they find the bodies, which this, this one, this, this one's going to go into a little more detail on like parts of the bodies that were damaged, missing, so on and so forth. And there's even a sketch drawn uh Hmm. that someone drew that was when they discovered the bodies they (laughs) drew a sketch of the exact location of where the bodies were and what they looked like Hmm. and it's actually a pretty cool sketch Hmm. i'll show it to you next episode all right next week we're gonna johnny we're gonna have to come back a third time to get the part three of a story you were apparently so excited to listen to yeah, yeah, no, it's uh, <laughs> intriguing and also horrifying. Goodness. But, yeah. So, right. yeah, Packer is apparently not the best at uh, at telling. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he still has, we, we keep forgetting to mention, he has seizures just along the way everywhere. Yeah, yeah, he has seizures. What My, my favorite part of that story is the military is like, yeah, this guy killed a bunch of people. And he's a horrible guide, but hey, let's put him in charge of guiding a search and rescue mm-hmm. party to uh, to the area where, where he, he killed, killed a you. bunch of people. Mm-hmm. Exceptional, brilliant, genius, idea. genius, just pure and utter genius. Well, to be continued in part three, and you know you're going to finish it because if I if oh I, it, it's finishable in part three, okay, because. I mean, if I don't have to do a story and I just get a week off, then, you know, great. I mean, week. Honestly, if you don't want to do a story next time and it's just. We could make it Johnny. And I could have a break. I could do part three of Packer and you could. uh, You could. You could do do a story. story. Okay. Say something. Maybe. Cool. Sounds good. Why are you, like, that close to your microphone he's smelling it it smells literally um, your nose is resting on it smells good you look like you work at pizza hut by the way (laughs) (laughs) listen we determined last episode he's a giver of joy he brings the pizza and everybody's happy you're yeah you know, we determined that there's last a reason time. I look like I work at Pizza Hut. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> likes Pizza Hut. All right. Well, you know, I think we're all tired enough to say good night. Thank you for listening. Good night. Uh, before we go, oh, before yes. we go, plug us. Where? Yeah. Um, you can find us on Instagram at Behind the Chainsaws. You can find us on Spotify at Behind the Chainsaws. You can find us at uh, Samsung Podcasts at Behind the Chainsaws. You can find us on YouTube at Behind Behind the Chainsaws. And you can find us now on Facebook at Behind Behind the the Chainsaws. Exactly, because we do have a Facebook now. You should be able to find us on your favorite podcasting site. I've had trouble getting onto some of them, but you know what? Hopefully, by the time this comes out, 
it's all fixed and I'm everywhere that I can get us. Yes. And if we're not somewhere, you need to tell us. Yes. We're going to try to fix it. Hopefully. And we do, we do have the Facebook, dude. Yeah, you got the yeah. Facebook. Now we just need to get a Patreon. That's right. Maybe by, so maybe by next give week. Give us money. Mm-hmm. Perfect. <laughs> money, money, money. Give money. us money. Money. So we can buy better Yeah, we can, instead of an equipment $10. worth $10, it can be worth 30 We can Ooh. upgrade. We'll be going to a mid-range budget podcast, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All, All right. right. Well, thank you, guys. Yes, thank you so much for listening. Be sure to tune in next week for the third part. And... Good night.